is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. We're actually holding microphones today. Holding it down. Oh my goodness. That's right. It is, I mean, a nice hundred degrees here at the Jersey Shore. We are melting both physically and mentally <laughs> at this point. Speak for yourself. I'm sound as a pound. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, thank goodness we get some help today on the podcast because we have... A pretty amazing and interesting guest to share with you. That's right, worldwide. By the by the name of Dr. Callie Estes, who just happens to be the creator of the Addictions Coach, which is a amazing kind of all encompassing program for people to recover from addictions, but in a different sort of way. So a bit of a celebrity rehab coach, right? Mm -hmm. She's helped uh, many both like, you know, famous, I guess, is her clientele and, and, you know, musicians. But she can't tell us. Of course. course. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, As much as we're dying to know and ask the questions and all those things. I don't know why, but uh, there's intrigue and celebrity. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, so it was pretty interesting. So musicians and, and, uh, um, you know, I guess TV and movie and Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, she didn't really tell us a whole lot about the clientele uh, other than, you know, it was celebrity driven. And uh, she's definitely going about it a different different way than Mm -hmm. the traditional uh, you know, twelve step, I guess, um, type of recovery program, which is which is interesting to hear. You know, and, it's interesting to hear. And she calls it sober on demand. Yeah, which is, re- I mean, this is. I just think it's so. She calls it an alternative drug and alcohol treatment. And what she was doing is kind of studying. While all of you know, there's so many people with a high level of relapse and failure after they leave you know, a lot of inpatient programs. So they say concierge, sober companions, um, on demand. So people come to you. So she's got all of these professionals and they go to your home. That's right. And work with you and your family and all of your support system. So it's definitely something that when you hear her explain all of this and how she got into it and then I'm dangling a carrot about what happened with her husband oh, along yeah. the line, which led to a best-selling book and lots of appearances on television and beyond. It, you know, you never know. I think resources are important and the education is what we're providing you as a listener so you can check out maybe new means to help people in your life. Right. And how, like what role fitness plays in all of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome for us to hear because we know that stuff helps, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're pounding that drum all the time. So, uh, you know, listen up. I think that you'll enjoy this. It's a different perspective on things. She's a very, very charismatic speaker and entertainer and, uh, you know, just somebody with a message and somebody that's helping people out there. So, um, you know, what could be bad about that? 
Uh, so listen up as you enjoy this one of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast. It is time for such an amazing guest today, Dr. Callie Estes. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. So this is such a great topic, everybody. And we talk about health and wellness and fitness. And you just happen to be a celebrity addictions (laughs) coach. She's she's on a roll today. She's fired up. I am fired up because honestly, I have just come off of reading so many different articles that just came out about, you know, mental health again and depression and just it doesn't matter whether you're older and you're younger and you're it's like we're all suffering. It's all over. And. You, what you're doing in this world, I think more people need to hear about and hear that there are people like you that are there for them. So can you please explain to our listeners what the heck you do? That's a loaded question. I do a lot of different things. So by trade, I'm a celebrity addictions coach. That means I work with executives and celebrities that have drug, alcohol, sex, porn, gambling, shopping, food addiction, whatever their vice is, where they're stuck somewhere, and I help them get through it. Um, That's my mainstay, and I have a program called Sober On Demand that I put them in. So instead of them having to go into treatment, which you see, you know, so-and-so celebrities in treatment, oh, look, they relapse, oh, they're not sober, I actually come to them, and I bring the entire treatment team to their house, their tour bus, their airplane, their office, their hotel, wherever they are. And we do deep dive work one-on-one as opposed to going to a treatment center where you're shuffled from group to group and you have a roommate and it's, you know, nice to look over the Malibu river and the Malibu ocean, but you're really not getting that treatment. So I actually bring that to them specifically. So I do that. And after doing that for about 10 years, I started getting asked how I did it. So I created a school to teach people to do what I do. So I now have the largest online addiction and mental health education school in the globe to train people to do what I do. That is a lot. We did ask a loaded question there. All right. So my question to start with is why celebrity? Why there? Why did you, how did you find your way into that niche or that area of, of, you know, that type of client? So I started nonprofit. I started in Kensington, Philadelphia on Skid Row, working with homeless, mental health. And then I worked with runaway teens. And then I worked with juvenile delinquents. And then I worked at SCI Rockview prison. And I learned two things. People are crazy and I don't make enough money, (laughs) period. 
So I thought addiction is addiction, right? So if I'm helping people down here and barely getting, you know, I couldn't pay my rent, my car payment in the same month. I want to make money and I want to help people. So then I said, I want to go for the celebrity market. So I did. And I started in the Hollywood Hills and I had one client that I got sober that had been in and out of every treatment center. And they called me out of desperation and said, no one can get this girl sober. Okay. Challenge accepted. I went out five days later, had her sober and she stayed sober and people started to say, how did you do that? What did you do different? And what I did different was I brought everything to her as opposed to her having to go somewhere. We did personal training. We did yoga. We did massage and acupuncture and Reiki and all the holistic stuff and changed her diet, which is what was not happening in traditional treatment settings. You know, you go in and you want something to eat and they give you a monster and a ho-ho or a ding-dong or coffee cake and that doesn't help. So I did all that for her. I took white flour out of her diet. I took sugar out of her diet and all these issues she was having physically and mentally started to clear up. And when I had success, I started to become word of mouth. People started to say, that's different. And this is going back 10 years ago. So that's different. Let's try that. And then I started to build my practice because I was offering services at that time. No one else was. Now everyone's trying to add fitness and nutrition, but there it's very baby steps in my industry. Whereas I came out the gate with, we're going to work out. And she's looking at me cross-eyed going, what? I'm like, put the bottle down. We're going to the gym. And she's like, okay, this is rehab. I'm like, yeah, it's a full body. We're not just going to hang out and have talk therapy. So that's what I did different. And when I did that, I started getting referrals. All right. I, you know, I, you know, always good, um, you know, to add the exercise and the emotion drives the emotion and uh, the motion drives the emotion, I should say. Uh, and, you know, I think that it's, it's definitely important. What, what is your background? How does, how did you, uh, you know, get into this field yourself? Is it, uh, you know, look, I know I know enough uh, uh, sober people and addicted people to know that we usually don't just like fall into this avenue. Is this uh, you know what, what was your history? So I started off with a, as a food addict because that's what my mother did. So I thought that was normal. And I was in college. I was studying psychology. I wanted to be an FBI agent. And we would go out on Thursday night for girls' night, and I would always come home alone. You know, I was overweight. I was kind of dumpy. I wasn't very into fitness and my roommates were. And I was eating cake one night on the floor with my hands crying because I was upset. It was a very emotional eater. And she came in and she looked at me and went, dude, there's something not right with you. And I kind of looked at her. I'm like, this is normal. She, this is not normal. So I went to the school counselor who back then pulled out the DSM, which is how we diagnose mental health. And she said, OK, do you throw up? I said, well, not voluntarily. So you're not a binger. You're not bulimic. Do you restrict food? No. Well, you're not anorexic. She goes, so you don't have an eating disorder. You're just fat. Sent me to the fat doctor who said, oh, of course, FenFen's perfect for you and put me on FenFen. So it started with medically prescribed diet pills. I went from 160 pounds to 90 pounds in two months. And I ended up in the ER with heart palpitations. Oh my gosh. And the first ER doctor said, what are you taking? I said, well, doctor prescribed FenFen. And they hadn't seen the results yet of the study. So he said, well, that can't be doing it. You're just drinking too much caffeine or you have too much stress and shushed me along. Well, then the studies came out and they cut it off. But now I'm addicted. 
So now I'm taking Dexatrim and I'm looking for speed on the street and I ended up doing street drugs because I couldn't get what I needed. So now I'm mixing straight ephedra, which is the basis of methamphetamine, Maha Wang, which is the asthma pump stuff, and straight Garana. And I'm taking triple and quadruple the dose back in the ER I go. Different doctor who says, this time, what are you taking? And of course, at this point, I'm a full-blown addict, so I'm like, nothing. And I'm sitting there, and my hands are shaking, and he's like, are you taking crack? I'm like, God, no, I'm not a crackhead. And he just looks at me, and he says, you're on something. And finally, he said, let me put it to you this way. And he showed me my heart, and he said, you're eating the lining of your heart. You're going to be dead in six months. Who do I call? And at, you know, I'm 23, and I'm sitting there going, oh, wow. So that's what got me to shift my, you know, my, my degree, my focus, because my next class was an addiction class. And as I'm sitting in the addiction class, I'm going, those are my people. I understand that. And I ended up studying all the addiction stuff and doing my internship at SEI Rockview in the prison. Cause I still was thinking kind of FBI, but they put me with the drug addicts. And I just understood from, from day one, this is where I need to be. And then I just started building my practice on that because I understood the whole concept. Then I went on and got my personal training certification, kickboxing. I was one of the first 10 Johnny G spinning instructors. This is going way back. (laughs) And I started adding all of that. I got my yoga and my Pilates and I added all of that in to the addiction. And I started to see results with my clients because no one was doing that back then you know, in that time period, it was all talk therapy. Therapy's the thing. But what about the chemical side of addiction? You know, if you're drinking tons of sugar and eating tons of sugar and eating pizza and you're eating Wendy's and then you're trying to get sober off alcohol, it's not going to work chemically. So I started looking at it that way. And then I ended up creating a supplement line and working with the celebrities and doing all the other stuff. But that's the backstory of how I got here. Wow. That's the good stuff, Brian. That is the good stuff that we love to unpack. Now, all right. So you have all of this, you know, you've got your, your history. You've got, Hey, I want to put this together. Take us forward now. Now that you're like, these are my people. It doesn't just, you know, like you said, you went to Hollywood Hills or whatnot, but how did you decide or how did you put together this whole, okay, I love fitness and I love, you know, the psychology behind this and the, you know, obviously the, the chemical reactions in your brain and your body. How did it come together for you when you had, did you have like an aha moment or was it just a, I'm seeing that this is working for people? So you like stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm working in a rehab and it's 20, 2010. And I'm doing the day-to-day, and again, I'm struggling to pay the bills because therapists are not paid well. And I had my master's. I didn't have my PhD yet. And I came into work one day, and the owner, who had a high school education, threw a notebook at my head and said, you will do what I tell you. And I remember thinking to myself, I put in a 60-hour work week. I barely get paid. I love what I do, but this is ridiculous. And I looked at him, and I said, I have two words for you. And he goes, oh, what, F me? I said, no, I quit. And he goes, you can't quit. I need you. And I looked at him and I thought, these owners are crazy as these clients. Like the, that, the idea behind what had happened. 
And I sat there and I thought, all I'm seeing is the same clients come in and out, in and out, in and out. No one's getting sober. And this guy's getting rich. I mean, he had a Bugatti, he had a Porsche, his wife had a Mercedes. And it was like, and I can't pay my rent. I'm going to just figure this out. And that's when I created the program. Then I'm going to put all this together and see if it works. So I started with a few clients here and I'm in Miami. So we have some celebs and I started with a few semi high profile clients and I tried this concept out where I come to you and we do all this stuff and it worked. And I thought, okay, maybe it's a one-off. Let's do it again. And then I did it again and I went, okay, this worked. Let's do it again. And the next thing you know, that became my signature program is that I come with everything, you know, not just the talk therapy. So then after I realized we need fitness and nutrition, what else can I do? Well, neurotransmitters and neurohealth in the brain is the next thing. How is the brain firing? So I started studying the brain. What's going on in the brain? What's happening? And that led to my PhD. So I was like, I really now want to learn the extra stuff. So I did. And a business partner and I created the entire supplement line. It's called Pro Recovery RX. And it's just for the neurotransmitters for addicts. How do you heal your brain after alcohol? How do you heal your brain after cocaine? How do you heal your brain after marijuana? Because it's very different what happens in your brain. And sugar. We even have a supplement line for sugar. So that was the next thing. And as I'm doing that, since you like stories, my husband decides to start using heroin out of nowhere. So, yeah. So that was fun. So now I'm dealing with car crashes and carjackings and missing money and Haunting things. He's a drummer. He's a rock and roll touring drummer. So all this stuff is happening and I'm trying to get him sober while I'm building my company. And that's what propelled me on TV. That story. We wrote a book called I Married a Junkie and NBC went, what's going on? You have this psychologist who's basically kicking ass in her field and her husband's doing drugs. Let's talk about that. So that got me on TV. And then from there, it was CNN, and then it was, I worked for in, for the basketball team, the NBA, and then the NFL, and then it was boom, boom, boom. So literally, my husband's story, not the stuff I did, got me there. And we laugh about that. He's like, you need me. I'm important. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what got us to the next level. All right. So you got the business up and running. You got the proof of concept. And then the next thing you know, you got a patient in, the, in under your roof, uh, you know, that that's uh, going to make you famous, uh, so to speak, or, or I, I guess give you the platform that, that you're looking for to expand the celebrity thing. It's it's wild. It's uh, it's 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 really wild what you do. Um, I You know, a, a couple of the things that, that you said, you know, kind of, you know, go against the grain of what traditional recovery might look at, right? They might even tell you, don't quit smoking right now. You have one thing to worry about and that's getting sober. Don't worry about your diet right now. You know, you have one thing to worry about. Don't even, you know, worry about exercise or education or anything like that. It's always just kind of like, you know, look at what's on the surface right now, which is, you know, the addiction, uh, the one thing, like make that your, your cause. But here you are, you know, you're looking at it as a, a whole body, a whole holistic uh, solution and scene uh, that you have to kind of fix a little bit of everything. How did you kind of go against that? And, and you know, and, and I guess why, I, I mean, are you disproving anything as far as, you know, by, uh, you know, bringing in some of these other aspects of life? So the biggest problem in the beginning was I was kind of going up against AA and NA. 
because they are abstinent only. And my thing was harm reduction works, right? Because if you think about it, if somebody says, I want to lose 20 pounds, right? And you put them on a super strict diet and put them in the gym, chances are they're going to fail right off the jump if they have never done this. It's going to be very difficult. So I would come in and say, well, let's do harm reduction. Let's not look at a total abstinence model. Let's look at a step down. Maybe instead of, you know, a full-blown diet, we'll take sugar drinks off the table first. So if you're doing cocaine and alcohol, let's look at reducing how much you take as opposed to quitting everything immediately. So that was one controversial piece that a lot of people said, well, you can't do that. And I said, well, why not? Well, you can't. Well, why not? Well, that's not the way we do it. Well, you have a 95% failure rate in your model, so let's see what happens here. So I started to track what I was doing, the clients, and I started to see, you know, some progress is better than no progress. And then one by one, they could tackle different things. So when I come in and I say, let's look, let's talk about, you know, no sugar and exercise and coming off all these drugs, it's not right this second. It's let's make a plan. And as you tackle each goal, I'm going to give you another goal. But if we tackle alcohol and your smoking goes up, we have a problem. We need to curtail both. We don't want to see you get one vice under control and that second vice pop up because that's what happens in treatment. You see them stop drinking, but now they're smoking or now they're not, you know, doing opiates, but they're having sex in the bathroom. So this is what happens in treatment or they're playing dice in the backyard there's always a secondary vice because if you're an, if you have an addicted brain, you think like that. What can I have more of right now so I don't feel whatever feeling I have? I'm raising my hand more. That's the <laughs> operative word there. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm I'm so intrigued of how how everything plays out when you say you know we come to you. What does a week, a month, a you know how long? Is your obviously, you know, once you have an addiction, you're you're going to fight that for the rest of your life. But what does it look like for you when you first meet someone? What is you know, how does that roll out? So we do a clinical assessment first to see what they need. So there are people that, you know, binge drink that don't need detox. So they obviously don't need a five day detox. They don't need the doctors and the nurses. So then it becomes, well, what does that pattern look like? So I have people that will hire me for three days intensive, just me five hours a day. And then I have, you know, the yoga teacher, the massage therapist, the personal trainer that come when I'm not there. So we have that option. We have people that need more intensive. So they'll get me for five hours and then a sober companion 24 seven. So while we're doing the deep dive stuff, when we're done, the sober companion is saying, okay, we're going to get groceries. Now we're going to go to the gym. We're going to do all the ancillary stuff in the sobriety moment and how to get you through that. So the the neat thing is we're real time. Whereas if you think of somebody goes to a treatment center, it's almost like a vacation, right? They leave their life behind. They go in, they don't have any stress. And then when they come out, they get dumped on with work, your significant other, your kids, if you have them, the dog, the mortgage, all this stuff gets dumped on you. Your chances of relapse are super high. I'm there with you and my team is with you while you have those stresses, while the kids are running around going, daddy, I need, daddy, I need, daddy, I need. That's stressful. While your wife is going, did you take out the trash? Did you pay the mortgage? Why isn't this done? We're here to negotiate and to triage that with you and show you in real time when the stress goes up, 
to not reach for that vice to go, okay, here's what I need to do to bring myself down and solve whatever issues in front of me instead of escaping. And that's what makes a difference because they're being faced with that stressor or whatever it is every single day. Um, for example, I have one I'm going out to in Hawaii and I'm going out and I'm there strictly because of his job. He has this crazy job that's super, super stressful. So I'm going to be there on how to triage the job, but then the sober companion's going to be there to make sure when he goes to dinner with his wife, he doesn't drink because they'll go out to dinner and she'll order a bottle like that. She doesn't even think because she's a normal person. She doesn't think he's going to finish that bottle. She'll get it and have one glass of wine and he'll finish the bottle and order a second one. So she's not even on the same page of what's wrong. So we're going to explain to her, you can't do that. You know, you're going to have to get sober with him for a period of time because you're basically enabling him. So we come in and we do all that. Uh, Sometimes we work with the mother or the father who's enabling the child. You know, you hear the failure to launch 30 year old in mom's basement. We come in and do those. Because mom and dad are usually the problem. Junior doesn't have any rules and regulations. So I just had one of those and I worked with him and I'm like, oh, this is great. He now has a career. He has a path and he's going and mom is calling me going, he didn't take out the trash. He's relapsed. I said, he's got a job. He's bringing an income in. He just bought a car and got an apartment. Why are we worried about the trash? So mom is, you know, the problem. So we will sometimes work with the family and say, let's work with you so he can be successful. This, I just, I love this. I love this concept because again, being removed from that environment, those triggers, and then being thrown right back in there is, is the problem. It's that support system. And the fact that you're going in and bringing everyone to, you know, everyone is being up, you know, bringing, being educated and brought up to speed on what to do. And I think like what you're saying to your point of a lot of it is just, you know, was talk therapy and it was talk one-on-one and, and now you're getting a whole community, a whole family, which I'm sure, and I will ask you this, how difficult is that getting everybody on board when you're going into someone's world it's actually not as difficult as you think okay because the first person i start with is the is the enabler the person who's causing this or allowing this is where i start and i have a key set of questions i ask them and i get a buy-in from them and it's always help me help junior wouldn't you want to help me help junior of course you do right you're not going to say no And I say things like, wouldn't you rather be a better mom? Wouldn't you want to be a better partner? Of course I do. You're not going to tell me no. Once I get a buy-in, now I'm going to ask you to do things that are uncomfortable and remind you of the buy-in of why we're doing this. And I'm going to get you to change your behavior. And when I get that person to change their behavior, organically, the addict has to change their behavior. It has to change. So, for example, if you you know, come home and your significant other has pizza and a beer and all of a sudden there's not pizza and a beer and they have chicken, rice and broccoli and an unsweet iced tea, you might get mad for a little while, but eventually you're going to start eating that too, right? Right. And then they go, let's go to the gym. You're going to start going to the gym and eventually you're going to forget about the pizza and the Wendy's and the whatnot. Maybe not in the beginning, but you will. It's the same concept as that. 
So, uh, you, you know, in, in looking at this, it, it's worked for many, right? Give us, a, give us some numbers, I guess, maybe over the years. How many people, how many, you know, uh, have you helped? And, and I guess from there, you know, is, it, is there anybody that you've run across that this, your program just isn't the best for? And, you know, it, it, do, it hasn't really been helpful for them or they might need something a little bit different than how you operate. So I've helped thousands of people. I've been doing this for 27 years total. So thousands of people, um, people not good for the program is severe mental health. So we don't take schizophrenia. We don't take severe bipolar. Uh, we don't take borderline severe mental health. We would prefer you go see a mental health professional for, we specialize in behavioral modification. So that's the way we look at it is changing all of your bad behaviors and vices to get better. You also have to be willing. There's not, you know, we don't do an intervention and just throw you in the program and you don't want to be here. You have to want to be here. You have to be willing to make the changes. So it'll work for that type of individual. It also works for somebody who wants to do the work quickly and then walk away with a blueprint that they can implement every single day, as opposed to getting up, making your bed and going to group. If if you kind of want to, you know, just kind of, Coast through, this is not the program. If you want to be hit with everything we have and you walk away going, okay, now I have my marching orders because we also have aftercare. So they check in with me every day. They check in with their life coach, their recovery coach. So they have all the supports. If you want that, that's who it's for. So it's designed to be quicker, but you have to be willing to do the work. It sounds massive. How many people do you employ? Independent contractors, we have about a thousand across the U.S. Right. So if, if somebody calls and goes, "Can you get me a sober companion in the next three hours?" Chances are, if you're near a major city, yes. Yeah. All right. Wow. So take us through now the the addictions academy. What what do we expect? So now that now that all of our listeners around the world are like, "This is the coolest thing ever." How do I get involved? I mean. <laughs> it, you know, this is this is what we do. We want to change lives. We want to give people, you know, a way that they live a more quality life. And what do we expect? What who is this good for? Number one, what type of people are do you want to be in this academy? And what do they come out with? So I created it because I realized there were not enough trained people to think like I think back then. because This is 10 years old. 10 years ago, it was really therapy, treatment, and AA and NA groups. That was it. No other alternative. Medical marijuana wasn't even a thing. And I'm super pro-cannabis. I've always been like, you know what? This is the way to go. So then what I started realizing was I needed more help to run this program. And more people were interested in what I was doing. So I simply started off with two classes, intervention and recovery coaching. Intervention is, you know, grabbing the person while they're using and getting them in treatment and then coaching recovery coaching is when they come out of treatment and that started to grow. And then I started to say, well, what other addictions can we throw in here? So we ended up with food addiction. We have the only online food addiction program. Um, I think you guys had Boomi on at one point. She's one of my students and she's in the UK. So she took Uh my program and took our manual to the UK. So she's teaching our program in the UK. Um, But we're the only ones for food addiction coaching. Like how do you actually work with somebody with a food addiction, not an eating disorder, food addiction. Uh, So we have sex addiction, gambling, oh my goodness, nutrition, 
We, you name it, we have it in this program. So we have 38 classes now. And as I'm building this, we started getting calls from different countries. So we're in India, we're in Japan, we're in uh, the entire country of Curacao, but all of our counseling manuals and the rights to everything. So we're translated into five languages and we have faculty all around the world now that actually teach the curriculum in their native language, wherever they are. So it, it just started to grow and it's been growing and been growing and been growing. Like, this is so cool because I didn't expect it to be this big, this fast. But I guess there's very little uh, that you can do besides counseling. So to be a counselor, you have to have a bachelor's or a master's degree now. So if somebody comes out you know, and they're in recovery and they say, I don't have a bachelor's, what do I do? Well, you can take other programs and be certified and trained and accredited to do the other things. And some of our students have felonies. They come out, you can't be a counselor with a felony without an exemption. So if you don't get the exemption, you can't do it. You can't be a therapist. So they say, what can I do? Well, you can do intervention. You can do coaching. You can do all these other programs that we have as opposed to counseling. And they're a lot quicker and they're frankly a lot more lucrative. So that's what we help them do. And then we even help them build their own business. So if they say, okay, I want to get clients now and I'm in Canada, how do I do it? What do I do? Where do I start to build this practice? So we help them do that too. Wow. All right. So it, so anyone, honestly, this is something that, you know, if you are interested, I don't have to have my PhD in order to enroll in the addictions Academy is pretty much what is what you're saying. You only need a high school education by law right now in every country. They haven't regulated this industry. The only, and that's a good thing because a lot of people that spent their life with an addiction that want to do this don't have that education. Sure. Because they spent the first half of their life doing drugs. Yeah, they uh, they they majored in drugs and alcohol instead of whatever well, their major major was. Uh, yeah, experience experience counts for something. Absolutely. That's for sure. Absolutely, you know? it sure does. So so with that, you know, with with that certification, what do we call it when they're finished? So they're certified. They're, they're certified, certified in whichever discipline okay. they pick. Yes. So with that certification, it enables them to work with the public. Does it enable them to work with just your clients, or is it somebody that, that they can take and go? I mean, is it how is it looked upon as you know somebody on the open market looking for a job in this field? So yes, yes, and yes. Okay. That's how it works. So they can work for us as an independent contractor. They can start their own private practice, or they can get hired by a treatment center, a hospital. Hospitals are now hiring for recovery coaches. So if you have someone come into the ER that's on drugs, the hospital looks at that like you're clogging up my ER, right? right? You're not here for acute. You're here because you have a drug problem. So they have a recovery coach on staff that will come in to that room, speak to the client and try to get them the help they need in real time. So it, this type of certification enables them to apply for that position at the hospital to do that kind of a work. Wow. See, this is, this is fascinating because the need is, the need is there. We need more help for all right. people in this area Yeah. In, and not just one way, right? Like you're saying, you know, there's, there's many ways to do it and you're taking a, a different approach, you know, just based on history and tradition. Exactly. And with COVID addiction went up 40%. Right. So we have less trained individuals now because we have a higher portion of the population addicted to something. 
whether it's OnlyFans, online porn, the phone, the amount of people we get for social media addiction is crazy. Right. Like literally addicted to the selfies and the YouTube videos and they want to be YouTube creators and they don't even go to work anymore because all they're doing is creating content and they're so addicted to it that we get a phone call of, Hey, my significant other's not working. You know, all they're doing is making TikToks all day, literally all day. So that whole, and, and COVID perpetuated that. So now we have this group of people that's addicted to the online presence and creating this happiness and in the background, they're completely depressed because it takes a lot to get up in the morning, do your hair, do your makeup, and then put yourself out there. And then you have one critic going, oh, her makeup looks awful today. Right. And then they fall apart. So we're dealing with that now, too, as another addiction on top of it. Oh, my God. That addiction didn't even exist, you no, know, that, like 10 and, years ago. Like, and, what? Oh, my God. I can't. You know, it's hard to predict. It's what, scary and it's and it's available at a young age. And it's, right. you know, everything when we, you know, it's it's really a scary thing. And I've read a bunch about that because there are times when I know I overuse it, you know, and that's my behavior being my behavior. I've, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm in recovery myself. So it's always like I got to keep an eye on things. How am I how am I doing things right now? You know, is it is this healthy behavior? Like, what's it look like? And the phone is definitely something I got to put away from time to time. And unfortunately, with business and work, and, and, and you know, it, it's like I'm tied to it. And just promoting this podcast will take several posts of uh, uh, and creation and all these things. Uh, you're worth it. Don't worry. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and you know, and, and all these things in order to get it out there. And it's just it's it's scary because it can be overwhelming. And I carry it in my pocket. You know, if I carried a flask in my pocket, I would be like, that's not good, uh, you know, and, and but but here I am. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a wild, wild ride. But uh, I've, I've been seeing a whole lot more of that lately. Glad you brought it up. I have a question yeah. for you while you're here, while you have the attention of our listeners. Many of our listeners are in the, you know, fitness, health, wellness realm, whatever that may be, whether they're, you know, again, a physical therapist or a doctor, you know, just a fitness professional, what advice can you give them? Like, you know, after seeing what you do and obviously, you know, how much that impacts and changes people's behavior, adding that extra component of fitness and wellness, you know, they see a lot of people that are suffering and, you know, we see people with food addictions and, and social media and alcohol and you name it. What can they do? Network with professionals in that vein. Don't become the therapist while you're working somebody out at the gym and they're telling you about they binge drank last night and they did coke and yada, yada. Don't become that therapist because as soon as you open up that can of worms and step out of your wheelhouse, you're going to invite all of that. And if you're not trained in what to do, it's not going to benefit them. So what I usually say is refer out. So if you see somebody, you're training somebody, and they, they're hungover every time you train them, say, hey, you know what? I work with this great person. Here's a business card. Get them thinking, what else can I add? And as a trainer, I'm going to say, listen, it'll make your workout better. If you come sober, you're going to, workout's going to be so much better then how you feel right now, give this person a call, see what happens. Just put the seed in their head. And what will happen is that seed will germinate because once you do that, they're going to start thinking about it. First they'll go, Oh, I don't need any help. Then they'll realize every workout they're hungover 
And if they, you say again, you know, hey, did you call that person? How's it going? Eventually, they're going to say to themselves, you know, I might have a problem. I'm coming to every workout, hug over. I'm spending money on this trainer. I don't feel like I'm getting my results. I'm going to give that phone call, that person a call. And then they call and they have that extra help. So now you have the addictions person and the trainer working in tandem, even though they don't know it. They're working in tandem to get this person healthy. So the addiction person gets them sober. The trainer gets that good workout. And the addiction person says, how was your workout? And they say, amazing. It's the first time I did 350 squats. I can only do 50 before I vomited. But I did 350. I'm you know, kicking ass. That's awesome. So that's what starts to happen. It becomes parallel. And the addictions person... And the trainer may never even know what's going on in each other's session, but you know because that client is getting better. And the more that client gets better, the more they talk about how awesome your workout was. And they refer you out now because they're seeing the results they want. And as we know, you know, you go to any trainer, the results aren't on the trainer. The results are on the client. If you show up and don't do the workout and complain, you're not going to get the results you want. So you may have other stuff in your life going on that you've got to get under control to get that other area of your life up where you want it to be. Speaking of social media, here's what I'm thinking also as you're on here, that there's so many people on social media that are, you know, hey, we can get you this or look at us and look at these workouts. And and there's no science behind it. And there's no, you know, holistic approach to wellness Whereas you are saying, listen, let's take care of the mind. Let's take care of the body. Let's, let's bring in a community of people. And it's not just, Hey, we're here for a second and we're gone. It's, there's more support out there for you. And I think that that's important for our listeners and everybody to realize it's not just a one piece, you know, to the puzzle. There is so many different moving parts and, you know, and what you're doing, you know, on behalf of both Brian and I, this is amazing that, you know, you've had such such success with this because it's it's so needed and we're super grateful that you're out there, you know, pioneering this for everybody. And I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can go to get in touch with the Addictions Academy and even, you know, find out more resources in their area. So we're talking about social. I'm going to give you my social handles for all the social junkies out there. Um, very simple. Instagram is Dr. Underscore Cali Underscore Estes. Twitter is at the Addictions Co. Because Twitter only gave me so many lines and characters. Uh, TikTok is Dr. Cali Estes. That's where I do my sugar talk. So I'm, I'm like the anti-sugar person on TikTok. And then our websites are theaddictionscoachonline.com. The addictions, plural, academy.com, soberondemand.com, and prorecoveryrx.com. And on Facebook, I'm Caliestis. <laughs> and that's, I'll just spell it, that's E S T E S. Yes. Correct. Yep. All right. Beautiful. Good. All right. We need one last piece, one last like golden nugget. The pearl. Before you go, tell <laughs> us one, or it could be two if you'd like. Give us a golden nugget for everyone out there. In which vein do you want it? All of them. <laughs> no, just uh, uh, the, golden, the golden nugget would be this. A lot of people think everything is daunting because there's so many areas of your life you want to change and you want everything to change tomorrow, right? 
You want to be thin tomorrow. You want to be fit tomorrow. You want to be healthy tomorrow. You want to be smart tomorrow. You want to be the best at everything because social dictates that everybody should be happy. Pick one, one area of your life you want to change and work on that for 21 days. When you've mastered that, pick a second area, work on that for 21 days. It'll build like the house. So you'll get your fitness, you'll get your food, you'll get your mental clarity, start reading some books, listen to some podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And before you know it, you're going to feel like a million bucks. But don't try to tackle it all tomorrow because you're going to get overwhelmed and depressed and be sitting in bed eating bonbons and binge watching Netflix. And what's the significance of 21 days? 21 days to change a thought or 21 minutes to change a thought, 21 days to change a habit, according to your brain. Okay. So if you look at the structure of your brain, those are the two things you need to do. So for those of you wanting to quit or have an addiction, it takes 21 minutes to shift your thought process. So that's how we break it. So if you are thinking about drinking, if I get you talking about something else for 21 minutes, your brain latches onto the something else and is less likely to want the alcohol 21 minutes later. Now, if I pair that, here's your golden nugget. If I pair that with 25 squats, your brain completely forgets about the alcohol because the dopamine in this, and the dopamine rush from the squats makes your brain happy. That's the happy chemical. You can't be happy and you're sad at the same time. And you can't be happy and uncomfortable at the same time. So when you're not uncomfortable, you don't want the alcohol. So if you pair those two things together, that's how you break the addiction. There it is. There you there have it, is, it, folks. That's it. More squats. More squats. <laughs> 25. Go. That's it. Oh, I love it. It has been fantastic to hear everything that you are doing. And I'm I'm excited for our listeners to uh, to take a look and I love this. Yeah, this is no, fantastic. it's good. You're helping people, fantastic. and uh, you know, and 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 really changing, you know, paradigm shift as to the approach, and I, that's what I appreciate. Uh, you know, there's a there's a butt for every seat, and uh, you know, hopefully, you you uh, find some people in your seats that are you know that you can help that might not be fitting in some other ones. So uh, you know, it's it's really uh, it's it's fun to listen to, and uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I love it. All right. And with that said, everyone, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.